We've got a pretty special service. We're into the second week of Advent. Today, uh, we'll be taking communion together, but we'll also be doing something else together. We're participating in what we call our memory tree. So if you're at home and uh, you've got your Christmas tree up, you might like to have an ornament handy. So what we'll be doing is hanging ornaments as a reminder of those who are no longer with us as we head into this Christmas season. We'll tell you more about that as we get into the service. And today we'll be lighting the second Advent candle, which is the Advent candle of peace. And uh, today we'll be talking about peace. But as we enter into worship together, let's stand and sing together as the band lead us in worship over at our Mornington campus. Good morning, everybody. Morning. We're good, we're lively, we're ready to worship. I invite you to stand up with us as we yeah, worship and sing together. First week of December. <laughs> Scary and exciting. You hear the woo and the woo. Like those memes on Facebook, there's two kinds of people when it comes to Christmas, an excited one and, and not so much. But let's get excited and worship our Heavenly Father. Kings and kingdoms will bow. 
so great to be here this morning and be able to worship together. We're going to continue doing that with another great song.
are lots of things that we can build our lives on, but we know, or people try to build their lives on, I should say, but we know that there is only one thing that can truly do that. Kids, can I please invite you down? We have our kids spot shortly, but we're about to sing our first Christmas carol of the year, which is very exciting. So if you want to come down here and get ready, I know people will all know the words to this one. It's a classic I can't tell you how many days until Christmas. I usually have a countdown in my classroom, but I'm not working in a classroom at the moment. So I have to try and do some mental math. Does anybody know how many days until Christmas? Think about it in your head. Oh, Jess knows, 21. She's just mimicking it to me from the back. So yep, that's scary and exciting. There's something so precious about Christmas carols. They fill us with such joy because the words are all honoring the beauty of this time of year in Jesus' birth. Please join me as we sing Silent Night. the urge not to like sway the whole time it's just really feeling it yes please take a seat if you're a kid who's not already up the front please make your way as I pass over to Dan for our kids spot this morning 
as stuck as Colin was on Friday night. There we go. Okay, good morning, guys. I need lots of help this morning. Um, you need to answer my questions or else this is going to be crazy. Um, I've got a Christmas stocking here and something propping it up that I purchased last night. Okay. I just, I, I really hope, I, I got this. I was in Ballarat and I saw this in a charity shop and I was like, should I put it on? Yes, that's what I thought. Let's tuck it on. I hope I don't get as stuck as Colin did in his suit. Okay. All right. Now, now we're ready. Just so you can all enjoy it. Okay. Wow, you guys are so easy. Okay, um, I, I feel ready now. Now, what's Christmas all about? Can you remember? Okay, do you want to say that again? The answer was Jesus. Okay, I tell you what, you say the answers, I'll repeat them. Is that a deal? Okay, so here we go. This is baby Jesus, right? I'm going to pop Jesus here. Now, Christmas is about Jesus. But what I want to ask, and adults, you're allowed to contribute as well. At Christmas, if something went missing and it would make you disappointed, what sort of things would that be? Let me say it again. What would you be sad to miss at Christmas? What do you think? So what happens at Christmas? And if it didn't happen, you would be sad. Adults, I hope you're thinking as well, because I'm going to call on you in a minute. So let, let me do it like this. Family. Oh, good. I've got something like that. Okay, here we go. Family. Now, often at Christmas, we hang out with our slightly eccentric extended families. Here's picture of my extended in-laws all wearing moustaches so eccentric okay they are all wearing moustaches and I'm hoping at Christmas the moustaches come back okay what else would you miss so if I said this year at Christmas no presents would that be disappointing okay yeah thank you okay so presents is part of Christmas right so I'm going to get presents out I'm going to get the eccentric family in-law out (laughs) I'm having fun doing that okay what else happens at music what if I said no singing this Christmas. Would that be sad? Could you, could you imagine not singing at Christmas? So here's my favourite Christmas album, Rattle and Hum. That's a reference to you too. Obligatory at church. Okay, so I'm, I'm struggling for Christmas stuff. Yeah, we couldn't do Christmas without music. So what else would you miss at Christmas? Let's see if I've got it. Food. Okay, good. Good. Now... I've got a couple of bits of food here. Here's, here comes one. Oh, it's a big one. Um, I'm going to struggle this year because this could happen. No potatoes. Okay. I've, I bought in a Swede just in case. Okay. We'll be all right because Swedes are fantastic anyway. All right. But I've also got some, oh, I've got some drinks as well. So Christmas, we have, all, we have all this stuff going on at Christmas. I don't know what I was thinking. We haven't moved house yet. That happens tomorrow. And then one of the first things we'll unpack is our Christmas box, I think. That's not done yet. So I bought cheese sauce as a food. This is food for Christmas. Let's pretend it's something delicious. (laughs) Okay. And then the last thing, if I said at Christmas, we're actually not going to stop having school. We're just going to keep going to school all the time. Would that be sad? Okay. So I've got... 
sunscreen because I'm going to go on holiday around Christmas time. So I've got all this stuff going on at Christmas. And one of the problems with that is all these things are going on. Can you see where Jesus is? It kind of sometimes goes missing because there's so much other stuff going on that's awesome. I bought this big shiny thing because I didn't have any fairy lights. But that sort of thing. Christmas is all this, you know, glitter and I have snow where I'm from sometimes. And all these things. Here you have sunscreen. Presents, family, food, music. We have all this stuff. And sometimes Jesus can actually get stuck in a little corner of our mind and be a bit forgotten. And that's one of the saddest things for me. If you took Jesus out of my Christmas, I'd go on protest. That would be it for me. And so what would my question was, what would be Christmas be like if Jesus didn't go missing at Christmas? He's clever. He's in a major, but he's standing up. <laughs> so, what, what would happen if Jesus was at the center of our Christmas? Now, let me give you a few clues. I would, for me to bring Jesus into Christmas, a few things I would do. One is, whenever I sing Christmas carols, I'd actually try and think about the words. Now, my favorite word when I'm singing a song that I don't care about is rhubarb. Do you want me to show you an example? Rhubarb, 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 rhubarb. Some people sing carols a bit like that. They don't care what the words are. They just rhubarb, 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 and they just let them all out. They don't actually think about the words. But let me show you this. That song is hark, which means listen. Listen, hark, the herald angels sing. Now, a herald is a special messenger, and an angel is from God. So it says, stop and listen. The angels from God are coming to sing, and they're saying, hark, the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. And this king is the son of God, the savior of the world. Now, imagine if you didn't just rhubarb, rhubarb your songs, but instead you actually thought, what are these words? Stop and listen. Imagine the angels singing that God's son has come. And then let that get into your heart and sing the songs with full gusto. Now, it's a bit harder to do that with songs about Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. But songs about Jesus, you can really think about the words. Other, other things you could do is you could actually read the Bible each day so that you got to know Jesus more. For example, you could read through the book of Mark, which tells you all about Jesus. Or you could read about the book of John, who tells you why Jesus came. So you could get to know Jesus more, so that when we get to Christmas morning, you really get to know who he is. Other things you could do is each night when you go to bed, you could pray and say, thanks, Jesus, for my day. Thanks for being with me. And so what I'd really love you to do, in amongst all this stuff, don't let Jesus get stuck down in the bottom hiding somewhere. Keep him right out top. And... We're going to have, on Christmas Day, we're going to have church here as well, just a really short service, because we want Jesus to be right at the middle of our Christmas. So I hope to see a bunch of you there. When you come on Christmas Day, bring a Christmas present as well and show us what you've got, because it'd be fun to see. So keep Jesus at the middle. Now we're going to pass around the pots. I'm going to do family matters in my Santa outfit. Okay, and then I'll see if I can take it out. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening so well. If you want to pass out some pots. Um. On your way out, you're going to be given, uh, I don't think you've got a choice in this at Mornington. So at Mornington, you'll be given a wad of little brochures, and we, you can see it on the screen here. We've got four events. One of them's today. Wow, you're here. Um, but there's four events that you can invite people to. These are events that we think anyone would feel comfortable at, not just for Christian audience. So we'd really encourage you to come to those four things. Can we chuck that up again, Jen? So on the 10th, we've got the Bell Reeve carols. I'll talk about that in a sec. But on the 18th, we've got a special carol service here. We're going to try something very different. 
Um, Lena Valley, you're going to come over here as well. We're going to put the musos in the center of the hall and we're going to stand around like we're standing around the piano with candles and things um, and we're going to sing carols to each other and have a short sermon. So it'll be a chance to just come and actually have a cosy, dark, candlelit sort of carol service, which doesn't happen very often in Australia. So I think that's something you can invite your friends to and they'll love it. Okay, so that's the carol service on the 18th. And then on the 24th, we've got the Christmas in the paddock. We're going to, um, we're re- reimagining it a bit. We're going to do a, a little festival feel and sing a set of carols as well. And we're inviting, we're going to letter drop all the neighbours to, to try and invite the local community around. Now, we'd love as much help as possible for that, just to run the activities and to help with, with the show. It's going to be quite busy for an hour and a half. So stay tuned. We'll tell you more later. Um, and then on Christmas Day, we're going to meet here at 10 and at Lena Valley, so both places. We'd really encourage you, come along to a church and just bring Christ into the centre. It will be a 40-minute service max. We'll show some of our presents. There'll be no drinks afterwards because we want you to go back home to your families. Okay, so a very short service for those who can make it. All right, so that's Christmas coming up. Now, next Saturday is the Bell Reeve carols and also the John Turnbull carols at Lena Valley. Um, and we'd love you to just go and encourage your community and attend. Um, at the Bell Reeve one, we're actually, actually putting an inter-church choir together. They're practicing on Thursday night as well. If you would like to be part of that informal choir, um, then we'd love you to turn up at St... What's the Anglican Church? St. Mark's um, at 7.30, so for a practice, and you can join the choir there. Um, okay, great. So, and then on Saturday at both places, there are kids' activities from 4.15, and then at 5 o'clock the carols begin. So try and get to those if you can. It'll be a lot of fun. Uh, today, this is the, I think this is the last day this is happening. It might be next week. Trev, do you know? Baptist World Aid, we're selling Christmas gifts on behalf of Baptist World Aid. So today, is it next week as well? Yeah. Next week as well. Agnes is doing it over at Lena Valley. If you approach these guys, you can buy a goat or a chicken on behalf of your friend. So you give your friend the certificate that say that you've provided a goat to a, a needy person in a developing country. Okay, you can buy um, hygiene products right from five bucks all the way up to something big. Don't think they do horses. Okay, <laughs> but, yeah, but it's a great present that you can buy for people. All right, as you walk out, we'll be giving you those flyers from Mornington and we'd love you to give them to your neighbours and friends and cousins and everyone. We think these events will be fantastic and people will enjoy them. Okay, I think, I think that's it. The main reason that we're doing Christmas in the Paddock We really want to love and bless our local community here around Mornington. And it's just such a beautiful chance to to do that. So love to see you there if you can. All right, I think I'm going to hand over to Matt. Thanks. We now come to uh, something we do just once a year. Uh, Because we realise as we come into this Christmas season, Christmas can be a bit of a mixed time. Uh, because there is this beautiful sense of kids with wide eyes and excitement. There's also the reality for many of us that there are people we would love to be here who aren't here. As we come into this Christmas season, we remember the Son of God who, when he saw his friends grieving gave us the shortest verse in the Bible. Jesus wept. 
and we come to a God the Father who is our comforter. In Paul, 2 Corinthians, Paul writes, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. If Christmas is a bit of a mixed time for you, the encouragement is to come and remember the, the actual reason for the season and to remember the hope we have in Jesus and, and that is where we find our comfort. And also remember something else that the writer of Hebrews said. If there's something really important about remembering those who have gone before us. The writer of Hebrews says, Hebrews 12, 1, Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, the sense is we all have a turn to run the race. And, and the language that, that is being used there in Hebrews is of a big stadium full of people, a, a, a crowd of witnesses. And the reality is they've had their turn and for some of us, we wish that their turn was still continuing. And, and we know as we come into this Christmas, for some of us, this will be the first Christmas without precious people. And so we want to create the space to acknowledge that, to acknowledge that we follow the Son of God who wept when he saw his friends weeping. We follow the God the Father who is our comfort. And we step on the journey knowing that those who have gone before us are now in the grandstands cheering us on. And so how we do that symbolically. Now, I don't know if you brought a, an ornament for our memory tree either here at Mornington or at, here at Lena Valley or over at Mornington. We've got um, ornaments available uh, at, at both sites. So, I know for some people they brought them from home. And we've got this beautiful song written by Francesca Battistelli uh, that Emily and the team are going to sing. And they will sing it as an item. And, uh, and I invite you to receive the song as a gift. Uh, and then just during this song, invite you to pray and if and if God brings or if you know that there are people for whom this Christmas there's, there's a bit of a tinge of sadness because they're not around then I invite you to bring an ornament and, and place it on the tree these ornaments will stay on the tree through to the Christmas season uh, and uh, they'll be available if you brought your own ornament from home they'll be available to be picked up uh, after Christmas and and just as you hang the ornament, I invite you just to give a prayer of thanks for the people you're missing uh, and, and just reflect on what God would be wanting to show you through their lives and the knowledge that they are now among the great cloud of witnesses. They are now cheering you on as we together take the next steps in this life. So I'm going to hand back to Emily and the team. They'll start singing and then as, as they sing, I invite you to listen to the words. This is a beautiful song. Uh, and as they sing, I invite you to bring up your ornaments and hang them on the memory tree.
She put up the tree, stockings one, two, three. They all know what is missing. It's been a whole year without him right here. Won't be the same kind of Christmas. Some years it's wonder and lights in the sky. Some years it's okay to cry. just say a prayer before we move on to the next part of our service. Um, dear Lord Jesus, thank you so much that you have sent your only son to take our pain away and to carry our pain and struggles with us. We just want to lift up all of the people that are recognized and remembered on this memory tree today. We want to thank you for the impact they've had and how it does hurt that they're not here with us, but that they're here with us in spirit and they live on through our hearts every day. And we thank you for the opportunity to recognize 
that Christmas has mixed feelings and it is okay to be upset about things um, around this time of year and to miss people. That's completely okay. And that we can bring those feelings to you because you wept yourself, Lord, and that we're allowed to cry and be sad and miss people. And thank you for the beautiful symbolism behind placing these ornaments on these trees. So we lift each and every ornament, each and every person up to you. We thank you that they're with you and they're they're loving it up there with you, but we still recognise that this time of year can be tough for us as we go through this season without them. But we just, um, yes, we just thank you so much for this time, um, for your love, uh, and that we are never without. We, we always feel loved and accepted through you, and um, that we can all feel that feeling during this season. Amen. Okay, it's my privilege to um, come and um, light the candle this morning and I've asked my friend Stella to come and help me. Thank you, I appreciate that. Last week we lit the hope candle. You can come up with it. It's not that scary. Once you're up here, it's okay. (laughs) Um, So I might let you find the lighter and you can have a go at lighting a candle there while I just talk about... um, We lit hope last week and this is the hope that we have through what God has done is so much bigger than just the hope that we experience every day. It's a living hope and that's really special. But today we're talking about the candle of peace. Thank you. Thank you. You did that. Well done. Thanks, Stella. As we prepare for the coming of Jesus, we remember that Jesus is our hope and our peace From the prophet Isaiah I'm reading, For a child has been born for us, a son given to us. Authority rests upon his shoulders. And he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father and Prince of Peace. And that's from Isaiah chapter 9 verses 6 and 7. From the Gospel of John we read, Peace I leave with you. Peace I leave with you. Hold on to that. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. I love this verse. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not let them be afraid. John chapter 14 verse 27. So as we finish, I'll just pray. Let's pray together. Glorious God. Grant that we might find peace as we prepare for our Lord's birth. May divisions in ourselves and in our families be peacefully resolved. May there be peace in our cities and in the countries of our world. Help us to see the paths of peace in our lives and then give us the courage to follow them. Lord, let us remember that you only are the giver of lasting peace and that you are always with us. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Ian. Yep, today we light the candle of peace. And uh, I don't know uh, if how you've experienced this year, but as we see what's been happening around the world, I, I think the need for peace is getting more and more focused. At Christmas time, 
Jesus came as the promise of the Prince of Peace. Isaiah said, as we've read, unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he'll be called the Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And as this baby is born, a heavenly host comes and they sing glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favour rests. What is peace? Sometimes I know we've got a few parents of young children and, and, and just a, a moment's silence feels like it, <laughs> that'd, that'd, be, that'd be worth something. And give me a moment of peace. But actually, peace is much fuller than that. And it's even fuller than if what happened in Russia and Ukraine, if they laid down their arms today. That wouldn't necessarily be a full expression of peace. Peace in the Bible is a much bigger thing. And so for Jesus to be a Prince of Peace... It's helpful to capture a glimpse of that, that big picture of what peace is. Do you know what peace is? It's everything in its right place. Everything in its right place. That means our relationships with each other, our relationships with God, and the relationships between nations, our relationships to the world and the earth and creation... Or peace, the full expression of peace is everything in its right place. Don't we want that? Don't we want that? But sometimes if you look around the world, it's kind of hard. Particularly as we come to this season where we celebrate the Prince of Peace. If you bear with me, I actually have another U2 song I'd like to quote. Uh, I promise, I think I'll be getting close to the end. Of... But they're, they're, they actually have a song called Peace on Earth. Uh, and, and it's not exactly what you think it would be. Their song says, heaven on earth, we need it now. I'm sick of all this hanging around. Sick of sorrow, sick of pain, sick of hearing again and again that there's going to be peace on earth. Jesus, in this song you wrote, the words are sticking in my throat. Peace on earth. Hear it every Christmas time. But hope and history won't rhyme. So what's it worth, this peace on earth? Good question, isn't it? Where's the peace? As we celebrate this Advent season, we celebrate uh, a, a light dawning in 300 years of darkness. But people expected God to come out and just make peace, to, to bring about a political kingdom. But instead, we got this little baby born in Bethlehem and he grew up to be the man 
who actually challenged us and said, blessed are the peacemakers because they will be called children of God. Do you know what he says? He says, guess what? I'm inviting you into the job of bringing peace. The Prince of Peace didn't come and do it all for us, but invites us into the task of making peace. Thomas Akempis said, all men desire peace, but very few desire those things that make for peace. All men desire peace, but very few desire those things that make for peace. I want to contrast this peacemaking that Jesus calls us to with peacekeeping. Because let's be honest, peacekeeping is a little bit, uh, a bit more common. If we frame peacemaking as an active choice to make peace and peacekeeping as avoiding conflict. In Jeremiah, the prophets were peacekeeping. They were trying to tell people, no, don't, you don't need to worry, it's all okay. They said, well, here's Jeremiah talking about the prophets, from the least to the greatest, all are greedy for gain, they're, more, they're self-interested, and prophets and priests alike all practice deceit. And what is the deceit they practice? They dress the wounds of my people. They say, they see the gaping problems, the gaping wounds, and pretend it's not serious. Peace, peace, they say, where there is no peace. Or in Proverbs 10, it says, people who wink at wrong cause trouble, but a bold reproof promotes peace. That peace keeping is where you wink at what's wrong, where you say, oh, well, let's, forget, let's forget about that. But sometimes it actually requires a, an active effort to do something about it. And sometimes we can feel so powerless that we just put up the walls and, and just want to pretend that the bad stuff isn't happening. Jesus says, no, I'm calling you to peacemakers, not peacekeepers. Peacemaking is the active seeking of real peace in every area of life. In the book of James, it says, peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of right righteousness. So there's one response you can have if you see things that are going wrong, and that is to avoid it. And that is to avoid the hard discussions, to avoid stepping in, to avoid stepping up. And that's peacekeeping. But peacemaking is the active seeking of real peace in every area of life. Sometimes, though, the active seeking of peace is actually the problem. Because we seek 
peace in the wrong way. The, the Peace on Earth song goes on and says, where I grew up, there weren't many trees. Where there were, we tear them down and use them on our enemies. They say that what you mock will surely overtake you and you become a monster so the monster will not break you. Sometimes we want to seek peace by being a bigger bully than the bullies. When Jesus said, I want you to be peacekeepers, he was not talking about saying, I want you to go and get a bigger gun than the people with the guns. In fact, I don't know how you're going to hear this, he, his direct teaching, his very clear command is something that is so countercultural for us that we feel it's wrong and we tend to avoid it. Which is interesting territory to be in, isn't it? Listen to his words and see how internally you respond to this. My guess is you're not going to go, oh, goody. This is Jesus' direct teaching. He said, you've heard it said, eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth, which is the you become a monster so the monster will not break you approach. You, you respond with violence to violence. And then he says after that, but I tell you, does anyone know what he, say, what he says? Yeah. Do not resist an evil person. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn the other cheek also. How do, you go, how do you respond emotionally to that? It doesn't feel right, does it? If you think of all the bad people in your life, what do you mean don't resist them? What's he saying? Well, before we unpack what he's saying, we also need to unpack our culture and what we believe. In culture, they have what they, all cultures have what they call myths. Now, your family had myths and... Your country has myths. Uh, any group of people, even at Citywide, we have myths. Myths are kind of... Well, they are. They're stories we tell that tell us what's important to us. They, they're the stories we tell that tell us what's important. And you'll, you'll have had in your family, I'll bet you, there were stories they told about you over and over again as you were growing up that, that sort of told you who you were. Sometimes it was helpful and sometimes it wasn't helpful. Not all myths are helpful. And in our culture, you can spot a myth by the places where people's emotions rise uh, and sometimes you can spot it by how well they do at the box office. A Marvel movie is based on a myth and it's based on the myth of redemptive violence. Sociologists have named it that. And this is the, the myth. It's this story that what you do to bring peace is you beat up the bad guys. 
you, you get more violent than the violent people. And that's how you make the world safe. That's the myth of redemptive violence. Jesus is saying, no. You don't bring peace by beating up the bad guys. But can you hear, because we've grown up in this, this is so hardwired in us, we don't really want to hear what he's saying. Particularly if you're thinking about people who have actually hurt you or people you've loved. So what is Jesus saying? This whole turn the other cheek thing. What's he saying? N.T. Wright, in his commentary on it, says, to be struck on the right cheek in that world almost certainly meant being hit with the back of the hand. That's not just violence, but also an insult. It implies that you're an inferior, perhaps a slave, a child, or in the world, in, in that world, and sometimes even today, sadly, a woman. What's the answer? Jesus' answer isn't hit back. He's saying, N.T. Wright says, hitting back only keeps evil in circulation. Offering the other cheek implies, hit me again if you like, but now as an equal, not as an inferior. I mean, standing up, looking them in the eyes, saying, I am not going to let you dehumanise me. But I'm also not going to dehumanise you. Evil itself, and not people, should be opposed, is Jesus' teaching. And again, this feels so foreign to us. It was interesting, it actually took a, a Hindu man to read Jesus' words and take them seriously before it became a political movement. Mahatma Gandhi said, you Christians look after a document containing enough dynamite to blow all of civilization to pieces to turn the world upside down and bring peace to a battle-torn planet. But you treat it as though it's nothing more than a piece of literature. Mahatma Gandhi read Jesus' teaching, particularly in the Sermon on the Mount, and he said, what would happen if we took that seriously? And he launched a campaign of non-violence, non-violent retaliation, where they refused to use violence as a weapon, but built a movement of resistance, non-violent. Now, uh, uh, one of the arguments against non-violence, particularly between, by people who like power, is that it doesn't work. But actually, that is now, it turns out, when Jesus said, turn the other cheek, what he was also giving us is a strategy that was most effective 
in bringing about social change. We may not want to hear that, but it is true. In the sermon notes, which you'll find uh, in the uh, Uversion Bible app, if you go to that and click on events, uh, you'll find some graphs from a, a recent study from 1900 to 2006. And what it shows is non-violent resistance, this, this study of about 300 different points of conflict around the globe, the sociologically, non-violent resistance is significantly more likely to be successful than violent resistance by almost double or more. And, and what's interesting in our world is it's becoming more and more effective and violence is becoming less and less effective, possibly as we become more connected through communication. This is Jesus' direct teaching. Don't repay evil for evil. And it's not like this is a once-off. It's actually a major theme through the whole New Testament. This is the Apostle Paul. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what's right in the eyes of everyone. If it's possible, as far as it depends on you, Live at peace with everybody. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath, because it's written, it's mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you're going to heap burning coals on his head. Don't be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Can you hear what the stakes are here? We have fallen for the lie that means we become monsters so the monsters won't break us. Gandhi said, when your country and mine shall get together on the teachings laid down by Christ, and remember this is a Hindu man speaking, in his Sermon on the Mount, we shall have solved the problems not only of our countries, but those of the whole world. Interestingly enough, it took a Baptist pastor in the southern states of America wrestling with how he responded to what he saw in front of him and reading about what Gandhi had done to begin a campaign of non-violence. But then he added an element. He said, it's got to be more than non-violence because Jesus not only tells us to be non-violent, he tells us to love our enemies. And Martin Luther King Jr. said, the Christian doctrine of love operating through the Gandhian method of non-violence was one of the most potent weapons available to oppressed people in their struggle for freedom. You want to change the world? Don't go get a bigger gun. Love your enemies.
as we head into a Christmas season that is often racked by family complications, I think Jesus calls us to be peacemakers in our families. And in your families, it won't necessarily be about getting guns, but you might resort to other forms of violence. Verbal violence, for instance. Or giving someone the cold shoulder. (laughs) Giving some kind of punishment to try and get them to where you want them to be. Self-giving love is the only glue that will bind together the brokenness of humanity. In Ephesians, Paul, after he talks about the incredible gift we have in Jesus in the first three chapters and talks about what does it mean to put into practice what we have, the first thing he wants to tell us in Ephesians 4.1 is... As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you've received. What does that look like? What does it look like to live a life worthy of the calling you've received? Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. that living a life worthy of the calling we've received means willing, being willing to love other people even when they're frustrating you completely. Being willing to love other people even when they're hurting you. Being willing to love other people as Jesus loves other people. If ever you resort to an us and them, good good guys and bad guys kind of way of thinking, you are heading away from Jesus' approach to life. Dehumanisation is always wrong. If ever you see another brother or sister as an enemy and not as a human being, we're missing the point of who Jesus is and what he came for. This Prince of Peace didn't come to bring a bigger gun. He came to model a a way of life that demonstrates coercive power doesn't win. But let's be honest, none of us can do this. We don't have what it takes. Which is why Jesus came. Christianity is more than Jesus' remarkable teachings. The ultimate victory of non-violent resistance is the central symbol of our faith. The cross that is behind me here. 
Jesus demonstrated that when evil does its worst, somehow God uses that to redeem the planet, to redeem creation. And this is what you need to hear. Ephesians 2. He himself is our peace. It's not you working it up, working it out, trying harder. Jesus came to bring peace and he invites you to be an agent of his peace, being willing to take up your cross. But it only works if your eyes are on him and you are empowered by the Holy Spirit to be his hands and feet. He himself is our peace, who made the two groups one. Hard to imagine from a Jewish perspective, people who are more foreign than non-Jewish people. And what did Jesus do on the cross? He made the two groups one, Jews and Gentiles, and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, one new creation, thus making peace. And in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross, by which he put to death their hostility. We're going to take communion now. If you're home, I would encourage you to uh, get a little bit of juice or a cracker. And here at Lena Valley and at Mornington, we invite you to pull these out. Because we're talking today about the peace candle and what it means to, means to bring peace. And we're just having to come to terms with the fact that while Marvel movies are entertaining, they actually perpetuate a myth that is dangerous. They perpetuate a myth that school children act out in every schoolyard and it's kind of a, a natural approach to life and it's just that, that, that somehow if I can be big and tough enough, I can beat the world in a submission and then everything's going to be okay. That's what the Jewish people were looking for in their Messiah. They were looking for a big enough bully who could bully the bullies. And Jesus said, no, you're just playing the wrong game. He said, I'm going to show you how this works. And you're going to need, because this myth of redemptive violence is so prevalent, you're going to need to come back over and over again. So he instituted this little meal of communion. And what he actually said was, as you take this little wafer or bit of bread or whatever you're using, it is a symbol of my body broken for you. And as you take it in, not only do you receive the benefit of forgiveness that has been 
hard one on the cross. You are reminded that the bullies don't win. You are reminded what love actually looks like. So let's just pray and we'll take this together. Jesus, there's part of us, even as we think about this, that wants to recoil and say, we, but, but you don't understand, Jesus. You, you don't understand how painful that some of these things have been or how wrong this is or how wrong that is. Surely it's okay to punch the bully in the mouth. And you just stretch out your arms. You stretch out your arms on the cross and say, this is what love looks like. Are you willing to be my agent of love in this world? So Jesus, thank you for your body broken for us. We eat this now as a reminder that we can't do it in our own strength. Let's eat together. Jesus handed round a little goblet of wine and we've got grape juice. And he said, this is my blood, the new covenant. See, in the old covenant, there was a battle, battles that had to be won to win the space to set up a temple that God could then dwell with by his people. Jesus comes in the new covenant and actually claims to be the temple. He actually says, I am now the temple. And he understands that all that was done in the temple is now done through him. And he says, in this new covenant, power isn't through coercion. Power is through love. Love expressed in the shape of a cross. And this covenant is sealed by my blood. So when you drink this, remember. Remember what price I paid for you. But also remember what love looks like. We are saved through his blood on the Let's drink together. In John 16, Jesus says to us, and he says to his disciples, but through them to us, I've told you these things so that you, that in me, you will have peace. None of what I'm saying makes sense to somebody who doesn't have Jesus. If you don't have Jesus, then your only hope for survival is to be the bigger bully, to have the more money, to have more power. 
But if you have Jesus, you can see that there is a different way. The way of love rather than the way of coercive power. And you can read the New Testament without skipping over some of those verses that actually are a bit hard to face. Jesus says, I've told you these things so that in me you might have peace. He says this, in this world you will have trouble. It's not what we want to hear, is it? But hear what he says next. But take heart. I have overcome the world. Take heart. I have overcome the world. Life is found in Jesus. But the story doesn't end there. There are some people who want to take weird readings of Scripture that says, oh, you know, that peacemaking thing, the peacekeeping thing, that's just for later down the track. We don't have to take it too seriously yet. You've got to really take the Bible out of context to believe that you need a bigger gun to beat up the bullies. About 600 years ago, uh, uh, we think it was a Frenchman wrote a prayer in the name of St Francis um, they don't think it was actually St Francis now I, I hope you've got a bookmark Is it, if, if you don't have a bookmark for those who are here uh, at Lena Valley or at Mornington if you want to stick up your hand I'm sure at Mornington we'll bring them around and, and here at Lena Valley if you don't have a bookmark because we've got this we've got this as a gift for you today and if you're watching online we'd love to send you this bookmark because this has the, what has been, it used to be called the Prayer of St. Francis, but now they're calling it the Peacemaker's Prayer. These are revolutionary words. This is not a light prayer. But I, and we don't have a slide with the, the words on it, because we wanted to give you this to take home and put it in your Bible and hold on to it. We've lit today the, the candle of peace. And we, we are being invited to be peacemakers. But I wonder today whether we can pray this prayer. I wonder if you are willing to be a peacemaker. And as you pray this prayer, I invite you to think of the people you find most difficult in the whole world <laughs> and, and think of them as we pray this prayer. If you're not, I don't want, I also, at this church, I never want you to feel like you've got to do things for the sake of doing it. Uh, if you're not yet ready to pray a prayer like this, can I encourage you not to pray it now? Maybe take it away, think about it, see what Jesus wants to say. Remember that it, it doesn't depend on you. He himself is our peace. And the more you understand that, the more you realise it is possible to love your enemies. Because there is an incredible future we're looking forward to. And there is nothing anybody can do, if you're in Jesus, to take that future away from you. So don't let them take you away from Jesus. But if, if you're at a point where you, you, you need to do some work, I encourage you not to pray this out loud. 
if you're at a point where you're ready to say, Jesus, I, I'm going to need help. I, re- I, I realise I'm going to need help, but I want to be a peacemaker. I want to take your word seriously. I want to give up the bigger stick. I want to give up my cold shoulders and harsh words and every other technique I use to try and put people back in their place. And I want to be a peacemaker. If you're ready to pray that, then let's pray this together as we finish up together. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me bring love. Where there is offence, let me bring pardon. Where there is discord, let me bring union. Where there is error, let me bring truth. Where there is doubt, let me bring faith. Where there is despair, let me bring hope. Where there is darkness, let me bring your light. Where there is sadness, let me bring your joy. O Master, let me not seek as much to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that one receives. It is in self-forgetting that one finds. It is in pardoning that one is pardoned. And it is in dying that one is raised to eternal life. Please help us with this, Jesus. We know we know you're the Prince of Peace and you're calling us to be your agents of peace in this world. So I pray for my brothers and sisters. I pray for me as we think of the people we find most difficult. We think of the situations we find most difficult. Can you help us bring your love and not a bigger stick? We ask this in your name. Amen. We're going to sing together one last song. I'm sure I'm not the only one that couldn't help but sing parts of that prayer. Anyone who knows Make Me a Channel of Your Peace hymn, you'll know what I'm talking about. We're going to close our service with the Lord's Prayer, but first we're going to sing a beautiful song that's very fitting to what we've talked about today, fitting to our memory tree, fitting to having peace in our hearts. So I invite you to stand or reflect on these words or sing with us.
such beautiful words. Now we'll close by saying some more beautiful words together as we say and declare our Lord's Prayer as we walk into our weeks. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory now and forever. Amen. Please go in peace this morning. Remember our prayer space. If you're requiring prayer, tap someone on the shoulder next to you. If you need to pray and get something off your chest before you walk into your week, uh, remember our tea and coffee and just be at peace and community with one another this morning.